say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the great Jameson. He scores! He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, everybody, welcome in to the 315 on this Tuesday afternoon. You're in it for the long haul today, people. Seven hours away from tip time tonight in the Dome. Looking forward to that. Houston, Carolina still has a nice ring to it. You're tandier for the Orange in the ACC. Strange. We're still kind of getting used to this whole thing. It's been a decade. And still, uh, Houston, Carolina gets your... Uh, Get your nerves up a little bit. Get you intrigued. Get you interested for what we're about to see tonight. That's going to be much of the program today. Get you ready for the ball game tonight in the Dome. We're going to be rolling uh, straight through on these uh, very airwaves into Axe, into Newhouse at night, into pregame with Axe again, right into game time. Then Devo and I will be here at 11-ish afterwards for the postgame program this evening with your calls and Jim Beheim's press conference brought to you as always by Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW. So looking forward to uh, all of that stuff as we uh, roll on throughout the day. Our guest today at 2.30 will be bringing us uh, some news and notes and nuggets and thoughts from the Tar Heel side of things. He is the North Carolina beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, C.L. Brown. Go figure the main paper down there. That's the research triangle. You got the Raleigh, you got the Durham, you got the Chapel Hill. Raleigh gets the name on the paper, and yet it's always the the NC State fans of, in theory, of Raleigh. They are they they always seem to be the, the most aggrieved of the three uh, fan bases. Uh, we'll we'll want to ask CL about uh, a legit reason for aggrievement: the injury and the collision uh, between uh, one Leaky Black, one of the ace defenders in the league for Carolina, and NC State star Terquavion Smith, which occurred on. Uh, Saturday, see uh, what the fallout of that has been. Uh, still have not heard as of yet if uh, Turquavion, still an outstanding name, uh, is going to play tonight as NC State hosts uh, Notre Dame uh, later on this evening. But we'll ask you know, that. We'll get into this extremely veteran Carolina team. And we wonder if this Carolina team can be yet another new wave of kinds of college basketball teams here in NIL world where... It was not a team filled with one-and-dones. It was a team filled with very good college basketball players last year that made a run to the national title game, and then, gosh darn it, they all came back. When does that ever happen? A guy like Armando Baycott, I mean, for the last 20 years, he's a guy that is in the NBA right now. Well... He's also a guy that doesn't fit in the NBA right now, the way the NBA is played, but he's able to, I'm sure he got uh, papered up quite nice in the NIL land down in the triangle and back for another go. And the Orange will have to deal with him and Leaky Black, the returning starting backcourt of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. And we'll talk to C.L. Brown about all of that coming up at 2.30 today. little Orange football news. This happened kind of uh, later in the day uh, yesterday and over the weekend, uh, down to one opening on the staff of uh, Dino Babers. So a couple new hires since we last discussed Orange football on the staff in Travis Fisher and uh, Nunzio Campanale. Uh, we'll hit that coming up at uh, right around uh, 3 o'clock. 
And uh, later in the program, we'll give you no wrong answers about uh, what's going to happen in the game tonight. I will say some maybe crazy things, maybe not. I don't know, but uh, it's before the game. You can say whatever you want. Anything goes. On that, your calls as well throughout our two hours together here this afternoon. 315-437-7644 is the number for ESPN 44. What are you looking for tonight? What do you think is going to happen tonight? What will decide the game tonight? Does Syracuse have a chance in the game tonight? Or the other side? Does North Carolina have a chance in the game tonight? The Orange are kicking around, what is it, about four and a half point uh, underdog right now on their home court. Small underdog in the ACC at home. Hmm. It's kind of worked out well for the, the home team uh, a little bit. We'll, we'll see how it goes tonight. Could go a lot of different ways. But let's get into it. Nine o'clock tonight. Ugh. Nine o'clock. Yeah, we get it. No, no, nobody likes nobody likes nine o'clock weeknight games. Myself included. Who does? Like we all got stuff to do uh, tomorrow. We're all up early this morning. Like everyone's living their lives, going to work. It's Tuesday. You got to go to work today. You're going to work tomorrow. We get it. But. And I'll, I'll have to remind myself of this butt tomorrow morning. And uh, boy, howdy, will we. But 9 o'clock on ESPN, even in 2023, even in channel doesn't matter as much anymore. You can get anything anywhere. It's a streaming world. You don't know what or where or why you're watching it. But even in this era, when you are tabbed, by ESPN for a nine o'clock weekday night game as, you know, an East Coast team, two East Coast teams in this case. Like that's a that's a biggish deal. Like that's a deal that shows that ESPN as a institution still has faith in the brand of your program. And, you know, we wring our hands a lot over Syracuse basketball because that is how invested in it we are. As we should. Like, the you know, the recent years, it's not up to anyone's standards of what we've grown to know. But nationally, and I get it nationally, oh, Syracuse is always on the bubble. Oh, Jim Beheim's on. I get it. I get it nationally. People can poke their fun and do whatever they do. But the fact that ESPN tabs a game like this is, you know what? Syracuse and North Carolina, we got a big week of college hoops. We're really launching into college hoops now. Last night was the first big Monday. ESPN, well, obviously, is, you know, all in on the NFL playoffs. They know there's no more games on the ESPN family of networks from here on out. They're all in on college basketball now for the next few months. And, in, you know, and I, I get it. They've been broadcasting games since the beginning of November this year. But this is week one, legitimately week one of ESPN being, you know, all in on college basketball this year. And they say, you know what? Houston, Carolina, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday. You know, for their mind, this is a big game. So, well, we'll all be a little tired this morning. I don't know. We, we need to have, like, a form note. Everyone can just give their uh, boss tomorrow. Apologies. We'll not be accomplishing much this morning. I am here in person, but I am not awake. Leave me be. We will reconvene our business in the afternoon. Thank you. And everyone will just be bleary-eyed and uh, yawning at each other in, in the morning. Which is, you know, that's what it is. That's what we're all going to uh, deal with. But, you know, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday, yeah, poo-poo. But I'll say this. Thank goodness, that, like, if you're going to be 9 o'clock on a Tuesday, thank goodness you're you're 9 o'clock on a Tuesday on ESPN and not, you know, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday on the Swafford Regional Network. 
at least if you're going to get sad for this one, be on the good channel. Be on the good channel. Be on the place that people are going to watch and comment because it's an opportunity tonight. It's a big opportunity tonight. The Orange have whiffed thus far at every previous opportunity for a potential quad one win at the end of the season. And instead of saying, yeah, I get the, the quads, they're important. Okay. Let's replace that word. The Orange have whiffed at every opportunity for a big win so far this season. Tonight, in the eyes of the nation, 9 o'clock on ESPN, could be a big win. Because even though they have had their moments of struggle this year, North Carolina, they had the hot start, rose to number one, lost four in a row, uh, re-rose, Baycott got hurt. They, you know, they've yo-yoed a bit. But in the eyes of the country, North Carolina is still the defending national finalist that returned four starters. Most people look at them still as that team. They still got the Carolina blue jerseys. Like beating North Carolina is a big win, regardless of quads, regardless of this, regardless of that. Syracuse has a significant chance tonight with a win to setting aside the quads of it all. And I think, you know, when all said and done, this will be a a legitimate win in the eyes of uh, the committee should it come down to it, whatever legitimate means, quad one, quad, you know, whatever. It'll be a win that's worth something. But... In the eyes of the country tonight, if the Orange can go out and play well and win this game, what you gain is legitimacy. That's what the Orange don't have yet this season. We as Syracuse fans and observers and commentators who watch every game and have been on top of it, we can see with our very own eyes that the team is improving over the weeks and months. But to the nation, all Syracuse is is the record that the team that lost to Bryant, that the team that lost to Colgate. Like, the Orange have not done anything significantly positive enough since those early season losses to merit consideration by national people that have not watched Syracuse play, be that writers, be that fans, be that whomever. Like, there's so many games and so much going on that you're not going to be locking in on you know, as much as Syracuse's win against Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago was nice. It was not a, a win that rang the bell. It was not a win that moved the needle. You can see, even though, you know, Virginia Tech is a decent enough team. They beat Duke last night. And the Orange will have a chance at Duke in the Dome in about a month. But if you can go out, and I don't want to say handle your business. Handle your business uh, pre-assumes that handling your business should equal a win. But if you can go out and play well and beat North Carolina tonight, at 9 o'clock on ESPN. It doesn't put you on the bubble. It doesn't put you on the tournament. But it puts you back in the chat. It puts you back in the consciousness of college basketball. It puts you back in people's mouths. That's where you want to be. Here we are. We're sitting. We, We have entered the last week of January here on the 24th. Seven days to go. In the last week of January, you're really into what is, you know, college basketball season writ large. There's only three football games left. Like, this is starting to take over more and more of center stage. And certainly in, you know, the ESPNification of sports, center stage of them, it's it's a majority, you know, going forward of their 
of their hours of programming. Yeah, they got the hockey and whatnot, but you know, if you're going to watch a game of a sport on ESPN now over the course of the next couple months, like the odds are going to be just at any given minute, it's going to be college basketball. That it, here is Syracuse. This is your first chance. And there will be more. Your big Monday next Monday, hosting Virginia. You're in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech on Saturday. Obviously, the Duke game down the line. Like There's plenty of more opportunities. But tonight is the night to begin that push if you're going to do it. Tonight's the night to begin the push, to open people's eyes. And then, yes, do you still have to compile the quad one wins and the quad two wins and all the stuff you actually need to do to make the tournament? Yeah, you still got that whole list. But as far as, you know, are people talking about you? Right now the answer is no. Big picture, nationally. After tonight, the answer could start to become yes. So that'll be big. And we look at this series. Okay, recent series. Let's go recent series as in ACC games. Uh, not good. Carolina's won 11, Syracuse 3. The Orange won the first, then they lost nine in a row. But last four between these teams, two wins each. So, okay, while for a while this was, kind of regardless of how good Syracuse was, this was uh, kind of a beatdown. Nine straight, and the Orange, you know, they got outplayed. It wasn't like fluky stuff. They were they were getting beat up and beat down in these games. But now, last four games, okay, last time in the Dome, the Orange won it. Last year, down in Carolina, without Jesse Edwards, this was after his injury, goes to overtime. Cole Swider had that unbelievable game, went for 36, fouled out in overtime. But the Orange, at least seem to, famous last words, seem to have gotten over what had ailed them with Carolina writ large over much of the previous decade. Doesn't guarantee anything. You're you're two up, two down here in the last four, but you're at least able to play them head-to-head. So that's a good sign. What's less of a good sign is that Armando Baycott's still there. Thank you, NIL. Realistically, this is the first year of the last 20, I'd say, that a guy like Baycott would still be in college. You are the star player of a Final Four team. And he was a veteran. Star player, Final Four team junior last year, Baycott. Like... Darn near 100% of the time for the last 20 years. Maybe longer. But let's call it 20. That guy's going to the draft, kind of regardless of what the draft is telling him. And, you know, what the NBA was telling Baycott is, man, you are a great college player, but what you do isn't what we do right now. You are a big, strong dude for college in the NBA. Yeah, you're still pretty big, you're still pretty strong, but you ain't Shaq. And... You're not shooting it from the outside. Like, you're not what we do right now. You're probably a second-round pick. This is the first year that those guys, and there have been a lot of those guys. I mean, we think of a guy that's a different position, a guy at Syracuse. Like, it's what Tyus Battle was. And there's a lot of those guys in college basketball. But what NIL has done, it's allowed those guys to come back. When before, I think Tyus felt, and guys like him, felt they had no choice. Uh, the clock is ticking. They're getting old. They're not making any money. 
They probably don't have a great chance of making the league, but if they don't go now, the answer is going to be never. Well, a guy like Baycott found out, okay, I don't know what he's getting, but I can go back to Carolina. Same for these other guys. You know, Leaky Black, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, veterans all. Not necessarily frontline NBA types, but really good college basketball players, veterans all, stars in their town. Like last year was the first time a team like Carolina could get their guys back because of NIL. And it's going to be interesting to see how this is going forward. Because, you know, the one-and-done guys are still going to be the one-and-done guys regardless, whether that team goes far or not. Like Duke this year, they got a bunch of those guys. Either they'll go far or not, they'll have a new team next year. And Carolina next year, they're bringing in a ton of potentially those guys. But right now, they have, you know, kind of a classic old-school college basketball team, a bunch of veterans, but they're here for a new school reason because of NIL. So, while it may not be ideal for the Orange tonight, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool to see guys like this, you know, get a chance to make another run. Because recently in college basketball, you've had a chance for one run. Now, these guys, okay. Great run, and they're back. So we'll see how it all goes tonight. Looking forward to chatting with a beat writer for the Heels for the Rally News and Observer. He is C.L. Brown. will join us at 2.30 today. If you'd like to hop out at any time, 315-437-7644. That is for ESPN 44. When we come back, uh, a little bit from Alan Griffin. He was on Orange Nation earlier. His thoughts on the game tonight. That's what we got coming up next year. It is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from the uh, from the uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. You know what's happened so far? I'll tell you what's happened so far. I mean, I already told you last hour. Uh, we talked about the basketball game. That's what's happened so far. That is what we have done. There is a basketball game tonight. It is between Syracuse University and the University of North Carolina. And we have talked about it. And we are excited for it because it is Syracuse and North Carolina. It's the Orange and the Carolina Blues. It's good stuff. Uh, we talked to the beat writer for Carolina, for the Rally News and Observer, C.L. Brown. Sounded like he was excited for it. Uh, he says, Armando Baycott, good at basketball. Tough. Because, uh, like, he rolled his ankle, like, as bad as, I mean, it looked nasty in that Virginia game a couple weeks ago. And I remember this. I came on the next day and said, man. We'll see if Baycott is back for the Syracuse game. He didn't miss a game. 14 points, 16 boards, 20 points, 16 boards, 23 points, 18 boards in the three games. I thought like he was going to miss all of them. And like maybe, because tonight's two weeks from that, or two weeks and a day or whatever it is, I'm like maybe he'll be back for this game. Nope, didn't miss a game. But he is a guy, I don't want to say he's injury prone, but 
last year, Final Four, nasty ankle roll, had that ankle roll against Virginia. And it's one of those things. If your ankle starts, sometimes you do get, it's not prone, you just get susceptible to weird stuff happening. You had a shoulder thing earlier this year. But, you know, Baycott, Edwards, let's go. Two rhinos, lock them in. It's not like that. I mean, they're very different players. But I think it's going to be a really interesting watch with those two uh, tonight. And we'll see how the rest goes. I think it's going to be a fun game. Now, is a fun game a good game for Syracuse in this context? That I do not know. That I do not know. Because the games the Orange won this year, in general, are the games where their defense has played the best. But the way Carolina plays, the score of both teams tends to go up. So we shall see. We'll get back into the game momentarily. Matt will be in for the 411 in the 315 in a little bit. Well, right now, a little time for some Syracuse football talk. Uh, some of this news came out uh, yesterday after the show. Some came out over the weekend, but did not get to it on uh, yesterday's program. We've spent uh, a ton of time here over the last month or so talking about this guy left the Orange football staff, that guy left the Orange football staff, the transfer portal, the this, the that, and it was a lot of outgoing and just a little bit of incoming. Well, over the weekend, uh, two more officially incoming on the coaching side of things. And... Yeah, they've got positions to coach, and they'll coach them up, and that the, yeah, that's all great and good. But my main concern here of the Orange departures of late, when you looked at Chip West going to Wake, and uh, you looked at Nick Monroe going to Minnesota, is you lost your recruiter. Nick spent so many years recruiting down in Florida, recently was attacking New Jersey. Tony White, your defensive coordinator, had been doing a lot of work in Florida, and West in the Mid-Atlantic in the DMV. So you're talking about the North the Jersey Obviously, New York is important, but there's just not as many. So you're talking about Jersey, which for many years was the Orange key stomping ground. Like, when the Orange were running good under Coach P, he had Jersey locked down. Now, Penn State would come in and get their guys. But, like, if it was if Rutgers was trying to get a guy, no, no. P had that taken care of. P had the high school scene in Jersey wired. Like, if you were good, you were coming here. Like, unless Penn State pulled the we're Penn State trump card. Now, that still exists. But the Orange, with their recent hire yesterday, are like, yeah, New Jersey, we have not forgotten about you because new to the staff, he's the tight ends coach, whatever. Have him coach whatever. But uh, Nunzio Campanale, he's come from Rutgers. He was formerly the head coach at Bergen Catholic. That means... Something in New Jersey. And that means more than a little something in New Jersey. You know who's the current head coach at Bergen Catholic? Uh, Nunzio's brother. You know who's the head coach at another high school in New Jersey? Uh, Nunzio's other brother. You know who's an assistant coach for the Miami Dolphins? Nunzio's other brother. The point is, there's a lot of them. You talk about getting Jersey wired. You know who else thinks he's got Jersey wired for recruits? Rutgers head coach Craig Shiano. Well... Now, the Orange have a guy from his staff to say, yeah, no, ours now. Our turn. We're back. We apologize for having left for a little bit, but we are back in New Jersey. I know I spent a lot of last week talking about the importance of now that you're in the ACC, the Mid-Atlantic is important, and that remains true. But if you are Syracuse, you cannot forget about Jersey. And it had not been as strong an area for the Orange recently as it had been certainly in the heyday of when the Orange were 
uh, winning a lot of games with Coach B in the 90s. So we'll see if Campanelli can get the Orange locked back in there. And Jersey's different, man. Like, th- this is true in recruiting wherever you go, but it is, like, extra, extra super true in New Jersey. Like, you got to be in the high school coaches scene down there. You talk about, and Tommy DeVito came from Don Bosco. You talk about Don Bosco. Like, the, if you say, okay, New Jersey high school football. Well, Bergen Catholic and Don Bosco are the first two schools you mentioned. Well, now you got the former head coach of one of them whose brother's the current head coach there. And he's on your staff. And, you know, Deuce Chestnut, he came from uh, down in uh, South Jersey. Uh, obviously, he's gone on to Nebraska, but Jaden Gould has transferred in from Nebraska. Ironically, he's from there. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of Jersey stuff. There's a lot of players down there. And now you got a guy that is wired up in the New Jersey high school football scene to then hopefully get Syracuse back, you know, where they should be, where where they should be in New Jersey. Like, you can only do so much, unfortunately, in the state of New York. Do we want the Orange to get all the big-time New York guys? Of course. There are not enough of them. Like, the math says, okay, if you get if you get all of the best New York guys and that's your team, you're not going to be good enough. And you're battling 8 million other teams down in Florida. The Orange have gotten their fair share, but you're, like, everybody's down there. In the Mid-Atlantic and the ACC, Syracuse has done well, but... You're battling all the Carolina teams, all the, the Virginia teams and whatnot. Like North Carolina is not doing a lot of coming up to Jersey to get guys. Like in the ACC, recruiting in Jersey, the Orange, you know, Pitt will be in there, BC. But the, the Orange can carve out a comfortable historic niche in recruiting there. So uh, th- that is a big hire in uh, Campanelli. The other hire over the weekend, Travis Fisher. I, I don't, I've lost track of the, the traffic flow between Syracuse, New York, and Lincoln, Nebraska back and forth here in the last month. But former defensive back coach for Nebraska, who apparently was very well liked out there, but, you know, coaching change, everything gets thrown out. Travis Fisher is now coming to Syracuse. He's a Florida guy. He's from down there. He spent a lot of years at UCF. Uh, you know, the uh, the Griffin brothers, Shaquille and Shaquem, he recruited them to UCF and others. Uh, Jaden Gould, his former person in his position group in Nebraska, is now at Syracuse having transferred here. There's been... Uh, two-way traffic, Cuse to Lincoln, and back and forth. Why? I, I'm not sure. I've never quite seen anything quite like that many going back and forth exactly like that. But uh, Travis Fisher, hopefully, you know, you need a Florida guy, and hopefully Fisher's going to be that guy. But the, the Campanelli hire uh, popped to me uh, yesterday. It's not been officially announced by the university, but it is out there reported. Consider that as fact. that uh, he He's going to be a, a big name for the Orange and Jersey that is going to be tied in to the Jersey recruiting scene. Not that the Orange, like the swag daddy was in there. Like he does good work, but to have a guy like Campanelli, he's going to be tied into the scene in a very, very different way than the Orange have been tied in down there. I think in a long, long time. Uh, So that is good news. And hopefully that'll pay dividends for Dino and the football team. Not, this upcoming year, probably too late for that, unless there's some, you know, transfer portal guys from Jersey still kicking around. But, you know, start talking about next year's class. Hopefully they'll pay dividends going forward. We shall see. But, you know, it was negative town for staff changes a week ago. Starting to turn around here in the last couple of days for Dino Babers. With that, we'll take a break. Coming up uh, later on in the show, no wrong answers about what we'll see tonight. I'll tell you some of my 
Um, more aggressive thoughts of what I think we're going to see in the game tonight. Immediately next is the 411 in the 315. Producer Matt will be in after this. It's QSportsTalk.com. It is ESPN Radio. No wrong answers. Give me a boy's name that starts with the letter H. Jose. There are no wrong answers. What months of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? September. No wrong answers. Something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house. Huh? I'm like an animal. Keep your voice down. I'm a King Kong. You are not allowed to be wrong on this segment. We can say whatever we want right now, and we will get to be right. Here's no wrong answers on what is going to happen in the game tonight. Judah Mintz. He has not scored 20 points since the calendar is flipped over to 2023. It says here that Judah Mintz is going to be the Orange leading scorer tonight. I got Judah north of 20. I think he's going to have a big game tonight, and it can get wide open up and down against Carolina. I think this plays into Judah's strength. No wrong answers, Judah. Highest scoring game of 2023 tonight. We talk about the matchup Jesse Edwards and Armando Baycott. Baycott is a hoss. He's a big, strong guy. Jesse Edwards a different kind of player. I don't want to say Jesse's going to neutralize him on the glass. Baycott gets a lot of rebounds. But because Edwards is going to be entangled with Baycott a lot, his rebounding numbers may be down a little bit tonight. I'm saying Malik Brown will be Syracuse's leading rebounder in the ballgame tonight. Pat brought up the small forward position. Chris Bell, Justin Taylor uh, didn't do well. That is an understatement. Did not do well on Saturday in Georgia Tech. It says here one or both of them needs to do well tonight. I've got Chris Bell and Justin Taylor in no wrong answers. They will combine for at least 15 points tonight, making shots in a more open game against North Carolina. And in something that terrifies me uh, a little bit, but will be interesting to watch. At some point tonight, the six foot nine inch all-league defender, Leaky Black, he of the unintentional, intentional, flagrant foul against Terquavion Smith over the weekend, will be guarding one Joseph Girard third tonight, and I'm not entirely certain how that is going to go for Joe having to deal with a guy at 6'9", because if I am North Carolina, Hubert Davis may have other thoughts on the matter, if I am North Carolina and I look at what Girard has done recently and he's been the top guy offensively in... Basically every game now for a month and a half. Basically. I'm taking my best defender, and I don't care if it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense positionally, but I am taking my best defender, and I am slapping Leaky Black on Joe Girard and saying, figure it out. That's what I'm doing if I'm Carolina. And there are no wrong answers here. So I'm saying that's the right answer for Carolina uh, tonight. And then uh, we will not be able to see Girard do what he's done. He's not going to back down. Uh, Black, uh, that ain't happening. But how will that open up other things? But I'd say the main one tonight that I feel is a big game from Judah. And I think a big game scoring. He's had a few 20-point games this season. None of them since we've hit 2023. The last of which was uh, late on in uh, 2022 against Pittsburgh in the loss and the comeback. I think Mintz is going to have a big game tonight. Now, you're going to need points to beat North Carolina. That kind of goes without saying. Uh, duh, you need points to beat North Carolina. No kidding. Uh, you're going to need points to beat North Carolina. Where are they coming from? Y- y- you need Gerard to be there, and Lakey Black's going to make that tough. 
I think you need Judah tonight, and you need the small forward spot needs to score. Just for the math to work out. To get the points in the ballgame, the small forward spot needs to score today. Like, And is that going to be uh, Bell hitting shots? Is that going to be uh, Taylor hitting shots? What like What's that going to be? Uh, yeah. But neither of them hit shots. They combined for two points. Two points against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Uh, they need to combine for something that's like a multiple of three tonight. They need to hit some threes. Because you need to score to beat Carolina. Like, no matter how well you play, like, Carolina scores points. Now, when they lose, their defense stinks and they give up a lot of points. But you need to score. And where will it be? And I think Malik Brown is also well positioned. Like, okay, if Edwards and and Baycott have a duel inside, then uh, Brown stands to be the biggest beneficiary. You know, I'm a guy, I'm nearest to the basket, and uh, we're going to go get some rebounds. So that is no wrong answers of what we are looking for. Uh, tonight. After the game, we'll find out exactly how wrong I've been. We can do that on the post-game show. We'll tell you all the details uh, for that, but not before we tell you. This hour is brought to you by William Attar. We're just past 344. Hurt in a car, call William Attar at 444-4444. Final break, final wrap. What's on tap for tonight? When we come back, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.